All right, the MVP of Illinois basketball is... Io DeSumo. Hey, it wasn't an easy vote, but that's who Scott Ritchie, our basketball beat writer, has leading the way when the banquet takes place next month. But there's time for that to be changed. In this week's podcast, Inside Illini Basketball, Richie deals with uh, the Illini and their tough two games left before the Big Ten tournament. We'll be back after this. Hey, Jim Rosso, News Gazette Media Vice President, reminding you that we have a ton of podcasts available at newsgazette.com every day of the week. From Dave Gentry's Morning Show to Scott Beatty's News Hour to Brian Barnhart's Penny for Your Thoughts. Head to our website, newsgazette.com, and search for podcasts. Good Monday morning, Scott Ritchie. It's freezing in Champaign-Urbana. Yeah, uh, it's March. It should not be five degrees or whatever nonsense it is outside right now. I- I'm I'm upset, Jim. I really right. am. Well, I'll try to cheer you up a little bit because nothing better than 30 minutes of talking basketball. I do like basketball. To improve the mood. That that can do it for me. Scott Ritchie, basketball beat writer for Illinois, AP top 25 voter. Did you drop your f- your favorite Nevada team? I did. The, uh, what? I mean, I, I dropped them last week after they also okay. lost. Are they in your top 25? Yeah, they're, I think they were at How's that possible? 16. Oh, they have 25. They're 25 But they've been three. playing Milliken and uh, Augustana. And I don't believe they dropped to Division three the last. No. All right. Um, Who have they beat? I mean, nobody recently. Nope. All right, drop them. Get them no, out of your poll. They're good. They're also very angry. Yes, they're punching glasses and stuff. Yeah, it was uh, not the best scene. Uh, at Utah State, apparently. The Big Ten Network on a Sunday night after the Illinois game brought up a topic that we addressed in the News Gazette about a month ago after the fans at Illinois stormed the court after the Michigan State win. It's like, can something be done about this? Because that's apparently what peeved the fine folks of Nevada, the, st- the court storming. Yeah, well, maybe, you know, I don't think the full story has come out yet about that, but the early returns were – the fans that stormed the court were saying some nasty things mm-hmm. and also maybe getting a little physical with the Nevada team, which is that's that's off limits. Right. Like fans right. aren't really supposed to be on the court, but if you do, which I don't, don't touch. I don't mind. It just be yep. smart about it. But I mean the Big Ten, obviously, and you know, we wrote about this in the news gazette, doesn't have a rule against court storming. Some conferences do. Uh, the SEC, if you storm the court, I think it's a $50,000 fine to the school. So, I mean, other conferences could implement that and really have to think about if you want to fork over 50K every time your your students tried to, to storm the court. And you know, eventually, you know, that goes away because, you know, schools post enough people courtside that they're going to hold them back. Student behavior, a hot topic these days. Kids saying bad things. In unison. Yeah. Um, Indiana fans really sparked that. The, the recent mm-hmm. you know, talk about that in the Big Ten after the the things that they were saying to Matt Harms, who went ahead and then won the game for Purdue against the Hoosiers. So Karma, Matt Painter called it. Yeah. Uh, but you know, Matt Painter's also you know, come out and you know said that he's not fond of the, the IU sucks chant. Right. Which, I mean, that's harmless. But the fact that the Purdue students you know, chant that when they're not playing Indiana sort of boggles my mind a little bit. But little known fact, they do it in football when the during kickoffs when Purdue kicks offs and the ball is in the air, <laughs> the entire student section, no matter who they're playing, yells "I use socks." 
Well, I mean, I, I like the animosity. <laughs> you know, Figure keep, that out. Keep the rivalry going, but <laughs> sometimes it doesn't make a lot of sense. All right. Do the Orange Crush say bad things? Um, I mean, they're right behind me, so yeah, I've heard some things. But for the most part, they're, they try to be funny. Sometimes they achieve that goal. Sometimes um, they're really forcing it. Okay. But they go for funnier things rather than mean things. And uh, although the uh, the chant that Maryland tried to cut off against Michigan when they were chanting that uh, Ignis Brzezikas was ugly, um, Illinois, the, or- the Orange Crush goes with that one occasionally. That's not a great one either. I mean, it's lame really i mean it's what happened to the good old days of warm up the bus <laughs> uh i mean i would say that that ages you jim but i i also chanted that one in high school so maybe that ages me uh probably because uh, the bus is always warm i don't think they shut it off <laughs> but uh at least when it comes to the charters i don't know uh, i appreciate really smart funny chants that can also be kind of biting to the other team because like yeah. you're not friends with them right but put a little thought into it and there's been an occasion where someone in the orange crush behind me said something that, that made me laugh and like i'm all for that all right jim delaney announced his retirement in 2020 this morning yep and i just started my campaign to be the next big 10 commissioner i okay. figure that's a heck of a pay what's race. your first rule change if you are the commissioner well i'm gonna Figure out a way to get Rutgers out of the Big Ten. All right, it's bold, and then expand. I'm mm. gonna I'm gonna kill the Big Twelve because okay. Jim Delaney had a chance. I think couldn't figure Who out. Who are you the, taking? Well, Texas and Oklahoma first, and then Kansas probably has to come, and maybe Kansas State. Let's just bring back all the former Illinois coaches all to right. the Big Ten. Let's get those four. I like it. I may vote for you, Scott Ritchie. There you go. I mean, I, I'm probably not qualified in any way, shape, or form, but that hasn't stopped people from having other jobs. It's a big-time big, uh, big time job to have. Jim Delaney uh, credited for much of the conference's success. Yeah, well, I mean, the big thing I think that he's done is he kept the Big Ten you know, at the forefront of all of the TV rights deals mm-hmm. and the fact that they were up for a renegoti- renegotiation like in the last couple years before maybe all of this changes with streaming and people cord cutting but big 10 got their money and i mean it's pouring in millions and millions of dollars to each of the member schools and delaney was a big part of that so kudos to him for that he also added Rutgers, so that's a like one demerit illinois in its present condition should be very happy of the big 10 network because in football for example when the crowds are slight and the records are poor it doesn't matter no, financially, for the no. most part. I mean, a huge chunk of the athletic department budget is the money that they get from the conference and because of TV deals. So it's big. And uh, maybe the results one day will match one day. the importance of, of the TV deals. I'm thinking basketball sooner than football. Probably. Okay. Um, be I my keep, guess. I keep seeing glimpses. Last night, you know, uh, Scott Ritchie, the first thing I usually do in the News Gazette the day after an Illinois game is turn to your player grades or your team grades. Yeah. You gave a B-plus last night for North, for the game against Northwestern. I expected much worse. 
Well, I have a hard time figuring out your grades, is what I'm saying. I mean, they're well. Let's just start with this. They're completely subjective. How about that? Um, I just chose to focus more on offensive related things rather yeah. than defense. All right, and didn't let you know the fact that Northwestern scored 49 points in the second half. You know, factor a whole lot in, but that's sort of concerning considering in Northwestern's 10 game losing streak that they're averaging, you know. 55 points for a game, and they had 49 and a half against mm-hmm. Illinois. It's not great. B-plus you gave him the Illinois. Under Solis, terrific. Swayed me. You like the headline in Monday's News Gazette? I did, actually. Andres, Andres the Giant, I loved it. <laughs> it was, that dated me is what it did. Yeah. Well, I think kids today know who Andre the Giant is. I mean, probably not, but maybe they watched the uh, HBO documentary right. on him. That was good. Yep. I think they know who Dick the Bruiser is. Uh, no, I'm not sure I know who that is. Seriously? That's embarrassing, Scott Ritchie. I, I'm, I don't think so. Dick the Bruiser, perhaps the greatest wrestler of all time. <laughs> uh, I don't Google him. I don't feel bad about not knowing <laughs> that. How about that? Nonetheless, Andres Fleece said was your player of the game. There was a tough call. Yeah, sometimes it's easy. Um, I appreciate that. Uh, he was that Andres Fleece is, if we think back to however many podcasts ago. Yeah. Early, early in the fall, I was saying this guy could be pretty good. And he's had a rough patch there for a good chunk of the season, but the last 10, 12 games, he's I think maybe been building up to something like this. And the one thing that I continue to like about his game the most is he is the guy that always attacks the basket. I, I would assume we'll do that some, but... Andres Felice just gets downhill, mm-hmm. and either he finishes around the rim, he, he uses his strength you know, to do so, or he gets fouled and goes to the free throw line and went to the free throw line a lot Sunday against Northwestern. A couple of other thoughts I had. There was a big crowd there last night. It was I was sort of stunned. Good for Illinois fans. Yeah, I mean, a 5.30 Sunday tip, which is an odd time to play a basketball game, in my estimation, I, I thought would – you know, hurt the crowd. You know, the fact that the two teams combined had lost 12 straight games. Didn't think there'd be as good a crowd. But it was, I think the announced attendance was almost 14,000. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty good. What else stood out against the Wildcats? Got your stupid analytics or whatever you call no, them? No, we'll get to those. All right. Just, just, just wait. Um, free throws, okay. really. Yeah, was, uh, Illinois shot nine total. At Purdue. Made eight of them, which was good, mm-hmm. but shot nine. Nine free throws is not very many. Shot 38 yesterday on Sunday against Northwestern. It made 33 of them, which you know, a great percentage. Um, but Illinois is maybe the strangest free throw shooting team in the country. Uh, they have Like form-wise? Or? I don't know, just in terms of percentages. Okay. Because they have nine games this season where they shot better than 80% at the line which is terrific for a team. They also have nine games where they shot under 60% as a team. And you know, the others are you know, somewhere in, in the middle. But they're we're, so hot and cold. But we're definitely, we're definitely hot against Northwestern. They needed to because you know, it wound up maybe a, a closer game than people were expecting after the first half. 
Bo Borowski have anything to do with all those whistles? Yeah. He's not afraid to make calls. and He wasn't terrible yesterday. Um, made calls that were his to make. Um, he has a tendency to make calls that aren't his that I, I've seen. But uh, Illinois, I don't know, maybe all Big Ten fan bases dislike him now. I mean, he's, a new t- he's a new TV teddy. Hmm. But uh, all right. there wasn't much reason, I don't think, to get too worked up. Uh, about his his performance. All right, Illinois wins. They uh, stay out of that evil Wednesday lineup of the Big Ten tournament. Yeah. But they're in 10th right now. Two more losses, and they're right back in there. Yeah, and I've been thinking about this. A you little have, bit. Scott. Yeah, and it might not be the worst thing in the world. To fall into the first day games. Yeah. Why do you say that? Well, Let's just think about it. If they somehow, I mean, they got to win, I think, the next two to get back up into that 8-9 game because they're in 10th now, but very close to, to moving back up. And uh, if, if they're in that 8-9 game, happen to win, then they get the number one overall seed Purdue. in the quarterfinals. Purdue. Beatable. Just beat Illinois by 17. Beatable. Mm. United Center. Okay. I mean, Beatable. Lost by 10 to Ohio State at the United Center. I'm just telling you. Of the top three teams, it's the one I want to play. Mm, I don't I'm just telling you. Can I, say, can I have an opinion, Scott Rich? I mean, you can, but did you watch last week's game at Purdue? Yeah, I did. I saw it was t- about tied with about nine minutes left. So, yeah, I did. It was. And then yeah. Purdue outscored him like 25 days. That's a home court advantage taking over. Yeah. Maybe just a good team taking over. Anyway, if they stay in the 10 spot uh, and manage to beat the number seven seed, they'll get the number two team, which is going to be one of the Michigans. Not great either. but Except Michigan State is down to like YMCA players and a good point guard now. There's some truth to that. Yeah, The Cassius Winston train is not going to carry him <laughs> too far solo maybe. But if they drop to 11, which if they lose to Indiana on Thursday, they will be tied – in the standings with the Hoosiers, but having lost twice to them, below them in the standings. They're going to get the last place team, Northwestern. Just beat them. Should have beat them in Evanston. That's a win. And then Illinois wouldn't have to face you know, a top seed until you know, much later. And then 12-13 game, you get Nebraska, who's, you know, bad. So maybe Wednesday's... From a purely basketball standpoint, not a terrible thing. From a perception standpoint, you have to get out of the bottom of the big four as quickly as possible because that's all fans will remember. They won't remember if you beat whoever in the Big Ten mm-hmm. tournament in the the play-in game as it essentially is. They'll just remember you were in it. Right. So two sides of the same coin. Okay. One maybe not bad. One pretty terrible. Well, I got they got a tough call here to end the week because uh, Indiana obviously playing better now beat Wisconsin and Michigan State back to back, and they uh, the talk of them making the tournament is back. Yeah, and just having the weirdest NCAA tournament resume maybe of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out though that having a lottery pick on your team and actually giving them the ball not a Terrible right. idea. Seems like Indiana's remembered that Romeo Langford is, you know, pretty good at the whole basketball thing. Then the Penn State team is a much better squad as Illinois 
found out. Yeah. They were a month ago or so. And then Penn State beat the brakes off of Maryland and you know, probably should have beaten Wisconsin as well until they got cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, home court advantage certainly plays a, a factor in Wisconsin, it seems. Uh, so that's two really tough games to end the regular season against teams ranked currently 11th and 12th right. in the Big Ten. Which you'd think, that, hey, that sounds great, but not this year. All right, by the time the Illini come back Sunday night, we'll know the pairings. You can uh, pick them up in your news gazette. We'll get ready for the Big Ten tournament and that miraculous run that the Illini will make. I mean, if you think about it, Illinois is a decade removed from Bruce Weber's 0809 team that was okay. sub-500 and made it to the Big Ten championship game. Okay. And two decades removed from Lon Kruger's, maybe not, were they sub-500? I think they were, team that... They were last in the Big Ten. Made it to the Big Ten title game. Yep. Of course, both those teams lost because expended a lot of energy making a, a run like that. Who did Jim Rosso interview after the semifinals of that miraculous run and two decades ago? Who were the announcers on CBS? That's a great trivia question. I'm asking you. You should know one. He's still calling games. Jim Nance. Was it Jim Nance? Was on the call with, come on, who is the... Ed Bond knows he just mouthed it from. Well, yeah, well, he was there. Um, <laughs> Come on, he was he was not he was a lightning rod for criticism. I would say he doesn't call games anymore. He was bald. That doesn't really narrow the pool any. Um, His first name was Billy. Scott Ritchie, you are too young. Billy Packer. Thank you. Jeez. I like I can I can see his face in my head. I was like, <laughs> anyway, back to uh, the current situation. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe history repeats itself. You never know. And, I mean, this year in the Big Ten, crazy things have happened like every week. So why not for Illinois? They're going to have to love it. play better defense than they did against Northwestern. But uh, they, I don't know. It, I got a tough I've question. never known okay. what to think about this team this, this entire year. Because, like, on paper, they've got some talent. And they've shown on the court flashes of what that talent can be but it's it's been so inconsistent right. that you, you never know what team you're going to get game to game seems like i see georgie shooting threes again um he probably will not the rest of the season uh, he hadn't shot a three in like 10 games and like he they were open i guess but he was not particularly close to making either of those and i'm i'm fairly certain brad underwood will tell him please don't do that again until uh until next year, after this summer, when he shoots like a thousand threes, I give him the green light, nonetheless, for his attitude and hard work. Yeah, I mean, a lot to like about Georgie. His three point shot is not one of those <laughs> things right now, but, right. but it's there. Like I, if they tweak his mechanics a little bit, where he's not shooting, I mean, some real rainbows. I think there's something to in his jump shot that I think will be good, and the Illinois needs that to happen because they're gonna have some. Some minutes to figure out in the front court next year. And if he could step out, stretch the floor a little bit, that, that makes things easier in terms of you know potential lineups. Interesting column by Bob Osmussen in Monday's News Gazette. Got a jump on senior night with Aaron Jordan. He's going out on a good note. 
I would argue. Just his transformation from only shooter to now rebounder, team guy. Yeah, and I mean. Winner. For a guy that just didn't play hardly at all his first two years um, and then stayed at Illinois after the coaching change, I mean, he's developed into a, you know, a good rotation piece for Illinois. I mean, he had 10 rebounds right. against Northwestern. That's, if the shot's not falling, which it didn't really, against the Wildcats. I mean, he's doing other stuff just to, to stay on the floor and important things. I mean, Good rebound, for him. Rebounding's big. And, uh, you know, just a pretty terrific human being, too. Which brings me to my next question. The CU Kiwanis Club will have their postseason banquet, I think, in April. Yeah. Always a popular shindig, big crowd. Who's the MVP? It's an interesting question that Thank you, you pose. Thank you, Scott. Um, because the answer could be no one. It can't happen again. Last year, Illinois did not name an MVP, which was just the second time ever for the program not doing so. Uh, the first being, it might have been that 08-09 team, actually. Um, where there was an argument made maybe there wasn't one. Uh, I'm not sure there's like one guy that's been like the MVP of this team. Well, I'm asking you, Scott, have just like I asked you what you do as commissioner. Now I'm asking you, you have a vote. Who's your MVP? I know there's three or four games left. Don't give I mean, me that answer. I don't have a vote, but if I, in my, my theoretical vote, uh, I owe DeSumo? It was not a very confident vote. No, I mean, he's uh, been good. But has he been quantifiably better than Trent Frazier or Georgie Bajanishvili? I mean, I, they're Andres Feliz in the last ten games. Like, well, I'm, they're all very equal. I need a vote. Is that your final vote? It would be going against the grain. Cause I think Tracy Abrams is the only other freshman that's ever been mm. named an MVP. If I got that right. Um. Yeah. All right. Would not be surprised if they don't name one. Matto Award? Didn't name one of those last year either, but um, I would give it to DeMonte Williams. Hmm. Simply for the whatever he did diving on the floor for a loose ball last night, like in like bent in half backwards, you know, trying to reach it. And he does those things a lot. Um had like scored a little bit too, so that was was better. Good. That one, that was easier. All right. We'll see. Yeah. Who votes on that MVP, do you know? I think it's coaches. Coaches. Okay. Would be my guess. All right, Scott Ritchie chats every week. Go on Wednesday this week. Get your questions in. Right. Then you sit courtside. You sit right behind the scorer's table at home games. I do. Throw things at him. Right? If you're in the stands. Or at least yell at him. Uh, okay. I, I'd prefer being yelled at, Because if you miss him, you maybe hit Tate. Right, <laughs> yeah, he's uh <laughs> like three or four down for me at right. this point. You get serious airtime all the time. Well, I'm right, depending on sort of the lineup on uh, media table there. I've been right behind Tim Sinclair, who does mm-hmm. public address more for often everybody. this season. Yeah, I mean, basically, if you for play, every basketball, if you play basketball, in the Midwest. yeah, t- Tim Sinclair's doing your PA. Um, great at it. Um, so, yeah, I think I've been on TV more. All right. That's fine. 
I know I'm trying to close this podcast off, but you keep shoving the this. These, I flipped to the right page in the, the notebook. Um, stats my way. Two quick things. All right. One, which is sort of a follow up to the the column that Lauren Tate wrote for Sunday's News Gazette about how uh, at the nominal power forward position, even if Brad Underwood would say he doesn't have positions, that someone plays the four. How Illinois is falling behind because they just don't have maybe a, a traditional four there because Aaron Jordan at six foot five is playing a lot of four. But uh, on Ken Palm, you can find out that they have height rankings for okay. for every team and like how it falls nationally for every position and for the team in general. At the power forward, with probably most of those minutes, six foot five Aaron Jordan, six foot six Kipper Nichols, Illinois ranks three hundred eighteenth out of three hundred fifty three Division one teams, just in terms of height. So I'll accept that one. There, there's something to that. And then in terms of offense rating, we're going to circle back to Andres Fleece here. Uh, offense rating is a measure of your personal offensive efficiency. Like Zion Williamson ranks number one nationally. Best offense. Just say best offensive player in the country. Okay. So Zion at number one makes sense. Uh, Cassius Winston, your favorite Big yep. Ten point guard, yep. number one in the conference. And then if you just look at – because they break it down by in categories of percentage of possession used. Um, at 24% of possessions used, George Bajanashvili is the number one Illini in terms of offensive rating. But at 20%, which incorporates you know, maybe guys that play a few less minutes but are also very important, Andres Felice, your number one Illini, ahead of – Maybe potential MVP, I would assume. All right. Those two, uh, I didn't like the last one. You lost me on that. It means nothing. But I do like the height one. Yeah. <laughs> I just like to offer my grades. So I got uh, an A and maybe an F. You're right. You had a up C and down for the way. day. You had like <laughs> Illinois basketball and up and down. Uh, I'm very inconsistent. <laughs> Can't wait for next week's numbers already. I'm yeah, I'm going to try and find just the. <laughs> Most obscure I can even think of. I might make up my own and see if I can. I'll just, I'll sell it like it's real and just blow your mind. Deal. All right, Scott Ritchie, we'll see you on Senior Night Thursday. How about that? Yeah, one last home game. That's Season's it. coming to an end. And it's still snowing outside. And it's five degrees. Something's not right. All right, Scott, see you next week.